Hi, I'm Brian Buckhalter, NCSM Awards Chairman, and welcome to Learning with Leaders. We're all math people. Thank you for joining me and my co-host, Katie Arrington, NCSM President-Elect, as we talk with bold leaders and influencers about their math journeys and contributions. Today, we will hear from our special guest about their inspiration, perceptions, and insights about instructional decisions that make mathematics welcoming and engaging to a broad audience. Listen and learn about how beliefs, practices, and policies must continue to advance to ensure that each and every person sees themselves as a capable and powerful mathematical thinker. Hello, listeners. I'm Katie Arrington. Welcome to the NCSM podcast, Learning with Leaders. Continuing our series, We're All Math People, today's episode is a chat with two dynamic math ed leaders from the Mathematical Association of America, or MAA. They work to expand access and support to increase participation in competition activities for students who have been traditionally underrepresented among competition participants and those in underserved communities. It's my pleasure to introduce you to, to today's podcast special guests, Nicole Goberdon and Catherine Paolucci. Nicole has over 18 years of professional experience in community mobilization, program design, and operations. She's expanded organizations within mathematical education, international development, and nonprofit and private sectors. For 10 of those years, Nicole owned and operated several math learning centers focusing on tactile experiential learning, coupled with positive psychology techniques and mentorship, working with 20 plus employees and 2000 plus students. She is passionate about taking on the ground operations and scaling them for the mass market and has worked with small to medium businesses in Laos, Indonesia, Colombia, Nicaragua, and Guyana to establish growth and innovation frameworks. Catherine has over 20 years of experience as a mathematics educator, teacher educator, and mathematics education researcher. Her teaching experience ranges from middle school to graduate level math and also includes undergraduate and graduate courses on a range of education topics including education policy and effective development in mathematics education. In her prior university faculty roles, Palucci coordinated multiple graduate programs in mathematics education, directed mathematics teacher licensure and professional development programs in multiple states, played a substantial role in developing undergraduate teacher education programs and policies in Ireland, and developed a mathematics enrichment program for students in rural communities in South Africa. She also served as an education policy advisor to the United States Senate. Welcome to you both. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, thank you. Yes, thank you, Katie. Uh, wow, what an impressive bio. And like that was the so condensed version, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, thank you both again for joining us today. Um, although Katie gave us a little or a lot of insight into uh, maybe some of your more recent work. Share with our listeners, if you will, about your journeys in teaching that have really led to your current contributions. Sure, I'll, I'll get started. Um, so my journey started as a middle and high school mathematics teacher. I taught in uh, upstate New York, Connecticut, and New York City. So a range of contexts. 
Um, I then had the opportunity to become a faculty member at multiple colleges and universities where I got to teach undergraduate and graduate mathematics, prepare pre-service teachers, and work with practicing teachers in the U.S. and multiple countries in Europe and Africa. And during this time, my passion was really focusing on creating space for students to bring experience, their experiences, families, communities, their creativity, and generally their lives outside of the classroom into their mathematical learning to really help them see themselves in the math that they are learning. Um, and this was both in my own continued teaching of mathematics, as well as in preparing and supporting teachers of all levels to, to do the same. Uh, and then after about 15 years as a faculty member, I recently had the opportunity to shift into a new type of role uh, at an education-focused organization called WestEd, and in which I have the opportunity to broaden my reach by partnering with teachers, districts, states, and professional organizations like MAA to do the same really important work on a larger scale. And this is really what has uh, drawn me to working with AMC for All. Yeah, and this is uh, Nicole. Uh, I would say that my teaching experience started with my first job. My first job was in Thailand and I was teaching mathematics to classes that could not speak English and I could not speak Thai, but that experience changed it all for me. It reinforced and refreshed my perspective on selfless service. And it has ignited me throughout my career. I go back to that home place. So from my first job in Thailand, I ended up in Boston with nonprofits and private businesses to mobilize communities and see what mass mobilization uh, around a shared goal looks like. And so that helped solidify a more programmatic aspect of a framework on how to educate on a mass market. Um, fast forward a few years, I ended up opening up a set of brick and mortar uh, learning centers on Long Island, New York. And that was incredible to have a human-focused approach on individual learning. So I remember one day in particular, I was teaching a student who had just got suspended from school, a nurse in continuing education, a high-achieving student through academics going for the Ivy League track, and the same high-achieving student but going through a sports track for those same Ivy Leagues. And so you curtail and tailor and you understand their story. And that informed the work of what I was doing to understand the power of engagement, the personal journey motivation, and then also that community feeling to empower those students uh, to keep moving forward in their goals. Um, I didn't go in knowing that I was going to do that, but that's where I ended up. And in between there, I had stints of teaching in Boston and D.C. public schools. But all that experience has now propelled me into my current role as director of the competitions at MAA, uh, where I'm providing strategic leadership and our priorities, and I'm mobilizing our teams and our stakeholders to implement these strategies. So as of last year, I was the former chair of the AMC for All Committee, and Catherine is now taken over. And this committee is now our, our main strategy at the MAA in K-12 for inclusion, equity, and belonging in mathematics, mostly focused on the middle school level. 
Nice. Can I just say this? That uh, sometimes, you know, as math leaders, like we fall into these very specific roles and responsibilities and, you know, it's tailored toward a very specific effort, maybe. Uh, but it is so humbling to hear our stories of how we got here and to be able to relate to our very beginning. So, you know, Nicole, to hear you say, well, my first year in teaching, I was actually in Thailand and I didn't know the language and they didn't know my, like, we can relate to that. Like how many of us can say we had those moments um, that we really had to figure out, you know, what am I doing here? But just how that passion developed to uh, the work that we're doing now. I always love to hear uh, everyone's journeys. Uh, how, how did you get to where you are now in the work that you're doing? So uh, that was great. Thank y'all for sharing. Yeah, it's it's so exciting to hear about all of your international engagements and just all kinds of um, wonderful experiences to share. Um, so those journeys brought you to MAA. Within the broad work of MAA, you guys work specifically towards the American Math Competitions for All. AMC for All is what, what you call it. Um, tell us a little bit more about the origins of this American Mathematics Competitions for All and your roles within the program. Right. So I think the thought about building a program for belonging was always a priority at the MAA. Um, but there's one thing about talking about a priority and then actually something about strategizing and implementing and actually making steps for the priority. So those were two different things. So I'll pick up on when it became actionable. Um, so when we started talking around, well, now's the time to build was roughly summer 2019 where we had a bit more capacity we were able to shift strategy. And we loosely partnered with an organization in Iowa that said, hey, you know, we have access to students who are highly underperforming. They're in underrepresented schools. Um, and the schools are also underfunded and underserved. We heard about the competitions and we wanted to see if there's any middle ground for what we're what we could use the competitions for. So we worked with the organization, with the school districts and the superintendents to create a math intervention program. We wanted to pilot these ideas. So the hallmark of this program is that we bookmark the interventions with a student percep perception survey at the beginning and end of the program. And then also our middle school competition called the AMC-8. And so we also gave that competition at the beginning and end. And to fill the middle were a series of, again, math interventions. So this could be um, a webinar with different career professionals. So we could see that the, if you're great at math, your only career is not a mathematician, that you don't have to go into academics. We do have industry, there's sports and things like that. Um, there was recreational mathematics. So it's not just rote computation that you can get creative with how you're exploring problem solving. And we found very promising results. What we were looking for was a change in perception with mathematics. And what we ended up finding was a change of not only perception, but then student perception of themselves and their community. And then we also saw the competition scores go up, which was icing on the cake for us. It wasn't our original, you know, our, our original, um, final benchmarks, but we would have liked to see some kind of a score increase. And we, we saw that and we were very surprised that it came so early. 
We started to tweak these findings through some adaptive learning processes. And then we also took very seriously to scale these efforts. And so we noticed we need a train the trainers program. We needed community support around these ideas. And so slowly but surely um, in 2022, we created a committee to evaluate a proposal to take this intervention plan en masse. And so at that point last year, I stepped in as chair. Our committee members evaluated the proposals. Uh, we started content creation. And then most importantly, we did data collection. And so we spoke to um, students, community members, teachers through surveys and focus groups and in real time heard what they saw, what their communities needed. We didn't want to prescribe an intervention. We wanted to be make this a response to what our audience needed. And so starting this year, Catherine has actually taken over as our lead for the committee. And so um, I'll turn to her to fill in on where we are right now. Great. Thanks, Nicole. Um, I'll just start by saying one of the uh, awesome things about the way that MAA operates is when um, we're talking about an initiative uh, such as AMC for All, um, MAA uh, has, it serves in a, a, a facilitation support role um, and helps to manage it, but really makes it a priority that a lot of the, the input and the work is done by its members, which span the U.S., abroad, in all different kinds of roles and spaces and education, bringing all different kinds of backgrounds and experiences and perspectives. So when we reference a committee, it actually um, includes uh, a range of uh, uh, it includes MAA members in a wide variety of roles with a wide variety of expertise that are all coming together to collaborate and work on this project uh, with the leadership of um, and support of MAA. Um, and so I've had the opportunity to come on and as the project lead and help to uh, work with this committee. And um, again, a really fantastic opportunity to work with all kinds of incredible experts and colleagues um, in all different aspects of the field. And uh, the committee is working on a series of deliverables, what we're calling deliverables, um, that are uh, in line with Nicole kind of mentioned the purposes of, of what's being developed but really to support opportunities for all students to engage with math in ways that can really transform the way that they think about what it means to learn and do mathematics. Um, and so associating it with things like being social, being collaborative, solving challenging problems, um, and types of experiences that we hope they have in the classroom, but also then they may not be experiencing mathematics in these ways regularly and creating opportunities for all students to have access to engaging with math in these ways. And so that includes supports for teachers, supports for students, materials, resources. Um, and as Nicole mentioned, um, the committee has been working really hard um, on, uh, pro on um, some supports for teachers, creating online communities that can are sustainable and create sustainable support um, for this work. 
ways to collect and gather data, opportunities for awards and recognitions for the students, um, resources and strategies specifically focused on student learning uh, around um, critical thinking, problem solving, and engaging with competition type activities. Um, Nicole also mentioned engagement in career connections, um, thinking about re reshaping the way they think about math and what it means to learn and do it, um, and, and a variety of um, just looking at the way in which some these resources currently are designed and shifting them to ensure that they're reaching um, broader audiences of uh, broader communities as well as a broader range of students. So those are currently in the process of being developed right now. Um, they're, uh, in fact, um, MA has MathFest coming up in uh, August where some of the initial ones will be shared for the first time. Uh, and then continue to be developed um, through the end of this year uh, where we'll take an opportunity to really look at the whole package overall, think about um, how responsive it is uh, with regard to the initial data that we collected, and then look at um, another round of, of piloting and um, collecting additional data and trying it all out um, into the um, spring, summer, and through 2024. I didn't realize like how recent these efforts are to you know really get out there and say, hey, how do we support this broader or you know. Let me. Can I just pause for a second? Let's let's be honest. Uh, let's keep it real, as I like to say. Uh, when when I'm in a classroom with students, and thinking back to when I was a student, uh, students know who the quote unquote smart kids are in the classroom. But what if really at the end of the day we're all the smart kids? You know, we're just smart in our different ways, and and uh, we all have our different strengths. And so to hear about how in like such small time you guys have really grown this effort to say. How do we help all kids get to realize that, you know, they're the smart kids? So uh, I want to give a special shout out to your members. You talked about your members who were doing the work behind the scenes. To those members, these maracas are for you. Thank you for your work. Uh, you know, a lot of times this work is on top of other things, other work that we have in our lives. And sometimes these commitments are even voluntary. And so I want to just say thank you to the people who are putting in any extra effort, uh, just the people who are really making this successful. So uh, major kudos to you, your committee, your whole team, the MAA family. I just, I'm sitting here maybe twice now. I've gotten goosebumps and want to jump out of my chair. So, <laughs> thank y'all so much. We really, this is great. Um, I want to backtrack just a little bit. And... Mentioned something, uh, I think, Nicole, you may have mentioned this, that uh, you saw this uh, relationship happening that as there was this increase of self-perception in students, you saw it um, translate uh, to this increase in their scores or their competition score. Correct me if I got any of that wrong, uh, but I think that is so, that's so fascinating that, you know, how these students thought of themselves played such a role into what they were doing. So with that in mind, you know, just the word mathematics uh, sometimes can send people into, you know, a state of panic or hysteria. Um, how does your work really help foster that love for mathematics for students at various levels? So 
I, I, I think self-perception is so critical um, and, and generally perception about mathematics. And I had mentioned before, like what it means to, to do uh, and learn mathematics. And I think that uh, um, what a, a prime, what's really important to talk about here is that a primary goal of AMC for all is to really transform um, these, in some cases, well-developed persistent negative associations that come throughout a student's mathematics education. Um, and in AMC for all, it's by engaging in competitions and competition-related activities where the goal is not necessarily to win or become the champion, um, but to grow and learn and have fun and experience math in new ways, uh, both for themselves, the self-perception piece for themselves as doing it and seeing that they can do and achieve, but also experiencing it in context where they're doing it with peers and friends. And again, bringing in that, that social component of it. Um, and really trying to break down um, somewhat exclusive associations that sometimes come when we think about and talk about mathematics and really build more inclusive ones uh, that students can actually feel like they're a part of. Yeah, I would, I would completely support what Catherine's saying about the power of the invitation. Um, I think even as leaders in our community, especially math ed educators, we tend to present opportunities to students who we think it would serve best versus giving all students a chance to experience it for themselves. So I don't point any fingers, but making us aware of that could be a norm that we have in our communities. And so really reframing it for everyone, not only the students, but those who are presenting the opportunities to the students at large. And like Catherine was saying, um, the reframe with us at the MAA right now, math for some of the younger students is um, a tough one to swallow. And so if you're not on this highly competitive path, um, sometimes we get the, the, or even if you are, we get the anxiety of being in this world. So we're trying to deescalate some of these attachments and these labels. So it's more about problem solving puzzle solving, your creativity to an approach. And so we've looked into things like Rubik's Cube camps. It's a game. You know, we all play games on our phones. And so making it, broadening the scope of what mathematics is and what that label is. Last thing I would say is that when we're talking about people seeing themselves as a math person per se, um, there's not this amazing ceremony that happens to say, hey, you're a mathematician. It's that person self-identifying. And so we have first grade mathematicians. And so we, we say, come, come just be present. You may, you may not know um, what this solving community looks like. And you may actually find you're more aligned than you think. I absolutely love that. Um, I really connected, Catherine, with what you said. You know, we struggle so much with motivating students and getting them really engaged. And if we thought about it as 
their experience with this well-developed persistent negative <laughs> um, perception of themselves, right? Like how are we changing that so that they're they're building that perception in a positive way and getting invited to be a part of the conversation. And I just, I love all of that, that we just talked about. Um, and it's a great transition, I think, to our next question, which is we've been talking about how this benefits students, um, how they build a better perception and how they're learning and growing um, as part of this community. Um, but what would you say are the benefits for the schools that host the competitions and the teachers that are working with these students in these competitions? How are the educators benefiting from this too? Yeah, so I, I think from a, a competition level, because I'll speak to that as that's um, part of AMC for all, but also mostly an MEA program. The competitions that we have are very open-ended questions. They're typically non-curriculum questions. So you can think of a standardized uh, um, test that has a make-your-own-algorithm uh, question. So you have to come up with your own method. And so there's a creative component on that. When we're talking about benefits, what that translates to is a cultural shift. Because what we're looking to do is create um, a reduction in skilled gaps and equip students with the skills they need to be successful in their future careers in academic life. So we have, of course, in our competitions program, high achieving students, but we also have a huge chunk of students that it's about the personal journey. And not only is it the personal journey, but the collective personal journey. And so we see the competitions as an engagement tool that the schools can leverage to start building that uh, social component. We see that um, in that personal development sphere, students personally develop in a collective way. They have the shared experience of taking competitions with other students across the world. Um, they get to have this amazing immersion Afterwards, they have this experience, they get together and they collaborate on, oh, how did you approach that? Oh, this is what I was thinking. And then we have that collaborative conversation. And then we have this reframing in the culture of math. And we keep that up with our additional programming, like our, our programs uh, that we have for webinars and Rubik's Cubes camps, like I was talking about before, and reinforce that, yes, this is your first entry into your personal creative development through this tool called competitions. But then, you know, again, I, I, I emphasize that this tool can now help leverage a different culture for the schools and the teachers. Um, one thing I would say that we launched very recently is that we've, we created a areas of conflicts program. So students who are taking the competitions um, internationally in conflict areas are now coming over to the U.S. and exchanging their ideas and mathematical approaches with our students. And so we see the social component more now than ever before when it comes into the field of mathematics, definitely on the student level, but we've seen those teachers help bridge those connections internationally as well. I'll also just add um, from uh, my work with teachers in a variety of contexts, um, but particularly in professional learning programs, um, when it comes to really stretching and letting go of the reins and giving uh, students space to create and be creative, um, oftentimes teachers' first reaction is, 
yeah, but not my students. I, I, th these students are like, this is going to be too much of a challenge or this, like, and there's sort of still this sense of um, the, the same kind of persistent, uh, these students are the competition students, these students are the other students that need some breaking down. And so I think by uh, giving student, giving teachers opportunities to see the outcomes that happen when they, in fact, do give competitions to these students that they might instinctually think are not the students that do the competitions, allow them the space to engage in this creative problem solving, um, allow them the opportunity uh, to engage maybe in different ways than their other students, but to engage. Uh, they are continuously surprised and amazed by what their students can accomplish. And so um, I think that it, by giving them these resources, the supports, the opportunity and the very targeted opportunity and context in which to provide and to engage students in these ways, it can really help teachers to uh, learn and grow with their students as oh, well. Yes. Nice. And, you know, we're together so much, teachers and students, that we're we're learning from each other. We're growing from each other. So to have the support, to have the resources, um, to really make those magical moments is what I call them. Uh, I think that's invaluable to teachers. But perhaps most importantly, Catherine, what I just picked up from what you said, as far as what benefits do teachers and schools, et cetera, any stakeholder get in uh, participating in AOC for All is that chance to see the student who maybe we wouldn't, would, or who that student who at one time couldn't, could. You know, uh, that inside tingle that we get as teachers when we see our students doing good. You can't even put it into words, you know, and it's hard to explain to my friends who aren't educators, but to see the growth of our students and to see them excel and go beyond what they thought they could do, I think that's the ultimate gift. That's fantastic. Excuse me. Um, I'm going to rewind one more time. Listen, y'all are dropping some really good nuggets. I got to go back and listen to this, this episode again just for me, like just to sit and absorb everything. Um, a few statements back. I think it was maybe Nicole who started this. And so, Catherine, I want to make sure I get your insight as well. Uh, but, Nicole, you were saying, you know, there's no amazing ceremony that officially announces you as a mathematician. That You know, it's all about your journey and your, your goals and your progress. And it, it's a, a personal thing. And, and so I want to I wanna ask you guys this. We ask all of our guests. Um, Catherine, I'll start with you. You know, the title of this series in our Leading with Learners podcast is We're All Math People. So what would you say to anyone, leaders, teachers, students, parents, uh, who may not see themselves as a math person? So, Catherine, give us your thoughts. And, Nicole, if there's anything you wanted to add on from your thoughts from earlier about this, feel free to jump in. Sure. So um, I think I would start by um, that I... That this is a perception that is so persistent. It's passed down through families. It's reinforced socially, like in all kinds of public spaces in so many ways. Um, and so I, um, a while back, I did a Google search of images that, uh, uh, and I just, I typed in uh, doing math. 
and I actually did it again right before we we spoke this evening to see like if it was still the same. And and basically, almost every picture is somebody at a chalkboard or a whiteboard. Most of them are like one person doing math alone with a giant board and a little person. Um, one, <laughs> one or two of the people in the pictures were smiling, uh, but everyone else was like not even looking remotely happy. And in fact, multiple pictures had them like tearing their hair out. Um, and those were the ones where we could even see the face of the the person. Um, and and there was so little diversity in who was portrayed as doing math beyond actually there were a couple that had them doing one plus one equals two as the the math that they were doing on the board, right? And so anything that's like considered um, more advanced math <laughs> beyond that very basic uh, one plus one equals two, there's so little diversity in who was portrayed as doing it. So really, I would start by saying that it's likely that they feel this way because of the experiences that they've had learning and doing mathematics and also uh, the images that they've had or the experiences they've had with who they've seen as who actually does math or who can be a mathematician, as as Nicole was saying. Um, and so I think it, this is really at the core of AMC for All, why it's like uh, MAA's mission with AMC for All is to try to change the face of mathematics, um, change students' experiences with doing mathematics, um, and, and help students see themselves as creative problem solvers and doers of mathematics um, at all levels, in all contexts. Um, and so uh, to those that think that already, I would ask them to be open and all leaders and everyone in spaces where they can do something about it to create experiences that help to change the perception that is so prominent and so persistent. Yeah, and I would say just to go off the last thing Catherine said, because I think she said it perfectly, so I will not repeat any of it. But as we're thinking about reframing, when we're talking about what the core of mathematics is, I mean, by its definition, we're talking about analyzing space and structure and change and quality and looking out for patterns. That's what it is. So we don't need to make this any more complicated or we don't need to reduce it to a worksheet that we we typically associate math problems uh, as interacting with students with. Um, all to say, it's, it's this more abstract, free-flowing place and really trying to get the norm and the mindset out of this rigid um, perspective. So just, again, changing that culture piece. I love it. I love everything about it. Um, mathematics yeah. is rigid. It's a way to understand and to make sense. And to if that's not what we're doing, that's not mathematics, right? And yeah. everybody sees that they can do those things, um, but that they may have had experiences that led them to believe they can't, right? So it's, it's, um, it's not about them. It's about how we're approaching mathematics. I love, I love all of that. Thank you guys so much for being here today. Um, I am going to remember so much from this episode, the power of the invitation and <laughs> just so much. That, that alone uh, will preach on a Sunday morning. You hear me? <laughs> yes, power of the invitation. 
Um, so thank you again for being here today. Um, last thing before we leave, how can our listeners find out more information about AMC for All and even get involved in the competitions? Yeah, um, so our social media, we we have, uh, we're on Twitter at, at MAA Now. We're also on Facebook and LinkedIn. And we will, we're redoing our website, but we're going to be putting updates on MAA.org on all the happenings of the committee. So you can follow in real time what they're up to uh, today. And our competition registration opens, uh, we're saying about August. So that's amc-reg.maa.org. All right. We're excited about getting our listeners plugged in. Uh, we want to thank you again for joining us today. Uh, today was just amazing. We appreciate your time, your effort, but most importantly, your passion uh, in supporting and being advocates for uh, students who need that in their lives. So thank you both. Uh, please continue your work. And to our listeners, we thank you for listening to this episode of Learning with Leaders. We'll see you next time. We hope that you have been inspired by this bold mathematics leadership conversation and will tune into our podcast series each month. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. You can learn more about NCSM, Leadership in Mathematics Education, and our upcoming professional learning events on the NCSM website, mathedleadership.org. You can also follow NCSM on Twitter at mathedleaders and using the hashtag NCSMBold. Until next time.